0: Having a beer after a hard day's work once meant putting up with a six o'clock swill.
1: The
2: swill is not only unpleasant, it's also dangerous. Those who like beer, and surprisingly it's still legal to like it.
0: South Australia joins all other states in abandoning the six o'clock swill.
2: You're tuned to the six o'clock spoil with uh, Tim Blair in a very chilly Horsham, Victoria. Nick Cater here in Sydney, and uh, joining us on the panel today, uh, football coach and Queensland Senator Matt Canavan, joining us from the Bilo Wheeler Hotel. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm going well, Nick. Good to see you, Tim.
1: Yeah, great to be with us,
2: mate. I see you're on the beer
1: already there, Matt. I I hope that's a zero beer. I'm on a yes. I'm because uh, you know I'm a big net zero supporter, so I'm on a. Great Northern Zero here. Um, I've just been RBT twice, coming into Billowheeler and leaving Uh Sorry, I left, I went through first and I came back to the hotel to do this with this. So if I get done a third time after a few beers, I've only got myself to blame. So I've also, no, I've sort of given up alcohol too. I gave up for the election and I had a few to drown my sorrows and thought, ah, I don't really need this. So anyway, Net Zero is already <laughs> here. When are you doing Net Zero,
0: Nick? I've I've done the opposite. I've given up elections <laughs> and ta- and taken up power drinking. So
1: I can sell you offsets,
0: uh, Tim. <laughs> Beer offsets. Credits. Yeah. no la- later on through. after after we've uh, after we've finished the recording, I'm going to a famous hotel here in Horsham, okay. the White Hart Hotel, cool. famous for once being the. Um, Providing accommodation to Mark Twain. Really? Oh, very good. In the 1890s, I think. Yeah, he did that too. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll bring the t- I'll bring the tone down from that, and uh, there won't be any plaques about me visiting.
1: Barnaby reckons Mark Twain stayed at his place. Yeah. Mark Twain stayed at his place in uh, Danglars. Is that right? Apparently, the train broke down. I don't think he would have. I don't think people really go to visit Danglars now. Offense to Barnaby. So, but... so
0: Barnaby's Barnaby's not claiming that it happened recently. <laughs> I don't know if he was alive or not. That that would be concerning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get on it, I've
1: got to give a plug to the Biloela Hotel here. Great whiskey bar here. They put me up here. Yes. It is fantastic. I've done Paul Murray here. It's a great place. If you're in Biloela, Biloela Hotel. That's where it's at. Yeah. I hope they're not going to
2: charge us royalties for that music in the background. <laughs> no, no that's the Queensland government. government. Just being
1: down to the Calide Line. That's what the Queensland Government are doing.
2: <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot to get through, guys. Green Senator Lydia Thorpe outing herself as an infiltrator in the colonial project, otherwise known as the Australian Senate. President Joe Biden given his riding instructions and his standing up instructions and his sitting down instructions. We finally heard the question on notice has been answered by Brendan Murphy, what is a woman? Tim will be bringing you exclusive news of that later. But but first, gas and coal. Germany has turned up the throttle on coal. It says it's going back to coal because of the shortage in Russian gas supplies. They don't mind upping emissions if it means keeping the lights on. Matt, you're from a great coal district up there. This must sound as what, schadenfreude or (laughs) victory or... There's
1: a few German words that come to mind. There's a new German word, I don't know if you saw, Uh, or new to me, Um, that was quoted in the Australian Financial Review this week. Dunkel Dunkelflauty, I think. I'm probably mispronouncing that. But it means dark doldrums. The Germans have invented a new word the last decade to explain. <laughs> their, another German word, enigavende. I'm not sure if you know that. Enegewende, the green, uh, the effectively Green New Deal that they've been on for the last 20 years. Uh, they've now had to come up with a new German word, uh to mean the dark doldrums they've been placed in by all this renewable energy. And well, so the well, evidently
0: happened. they both mean the Sorry? They both mean the same thing, Matt. They both <laughs> mean the right. same thing.
1: <laughs> when you put them into Google Translate, they both come out the same. You're stuffed. So-
0: just to bring the world up to speed on all of this, this is just a, a sort of a shorthand explanation of uh, Germany's situation. Many people on Twitter comment about this. This is um, When you can fit an entire catastrophe into Twitter's word limit, it's impressive. So step one, Germany shuts down nuclear reactors. Step two, Germany buys gas from Russia. Step three, Russia cuts the gas supply. Step four, Germany reopens coal plants. And the final step, the coal is bought from Russia. <laughs> now, that's that's pretty impressive, Matt, uh, from, a, from a, a nation that, you know, I, I get emails every damn week. Or during good weeks, let's say, from uh, green advocates who say, "Well, look at Germany; they're producing you know ninety-two percent of their power from renewables." You would have received the same thing, probably from the same people. <laughs> Nick, I assume, would have seen, uh, would have been on the same mailing list, and um, all of that's gone away, Matt. What's happened? What's happened over there?
1: Well, reality packs a punch, doesn't it? Uh, and that's what's happening to all of us. We can't, we can't gloat or or laugh too much about it because the same thing is happening here in this country. Uh, we're just lucky we're yes. not too as far down the path. Uh, we are have been shutting our coal-fired power stations. We shut 12 in the last decade. Um, but Germany's gone. The whole hog shutting almost all of their power stations. Um, uh, shutting. Well, we, we didn't even let out ourselves have a get-out
0: cause. We didn't give ourselves a get-out with some of our plants. We smashed them. The problem
1: is they're old, too, our plants. So even if we do want to continue yeah. them now, it's going to be very, very hard because they're old Machines uh, tend to break down, as we're saying. So mm. you've got this absurdity at the moment where our energy regulators, Chris Bowen, Chris Bowen is blaming the new energy minister, for those who don't know, uh, Labor energy minister. Mm. He's blaming coal for being unreliable and causing the blackouts we've had the last couple of weeks. Um, yes. When, when uh, he doesn't seem to understand, no, 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 Chris, it's old machines. They're the things that are unreliable. New machines, not so much. A yeah. Coal itself is fundamentally unreliable. How come all those countries that we export huge amounts of coal to, how come they're not having blackouts? You, know, you don't see this issue in Japan or Korea uh, or Vietnam or India because they are building new coal-fired power stations and they work. That's what we should be doing here too.
0: When you buy a little economy car like a Kia or something, you know, back in the 80s, and you drive it for 250,000 kilometres without servicing it, and then the thing breaks down, it is not the car's fault. I'd probably go with the Falcon XD example myself, Tim, there. But. <laughs> exactly. But again, all mechanical devices have limits. Exactly. And um, exactly. Uh, it is it is hilariously disingenuous of uh, Bowen and various other green advocates to, uh, to say, well, look, now we have proof. We haven't maintained these things at all. And they're all breaking down, and it's their fault. Tim, yeah. it's also
1: an insult to all the workers. Uh, I wanted to go visit the power station yeah. today uh, to say thanks to all the workers. I've spoken to lots of them this past fortnight. They've been working 14-hour days to keep the lights on. And then they hear their Labor, the Labor energy minister, tell them all their industry is unreliable and they're hopeless. I tell you what, they're mm. angry. Uh, and a lot of those men and women are ETU members. Uh, they've always voted Labor. Yep. I saw a lot of them at the by-election in, in Calide we had last weekend, a state by-election. I was mm-hmm. on a booth just down the road from the Glasson power station. And a lot of them were upset and angry with the Labor Party who just don't seem to care about their jobs and what they do for the country. Matt, here's the thing. Even if we're not going to burn enough of it here to produce our own
2: electricity where, as you say, coal-fired power stations are, are shutting down, etc., etc. Surely the decent thing to do is to sell it to people who can use it, countries like Germany, countries like Poland, crying out for coal so that they can get themselves off the dependency on Vladimir Putin. And uh, we just don't have enough of the stuff to export yeah. anymore, do we? We should be able to send them shiploads of the
1: stuff, surely. That's surely that's the best thing we could do to help Europe right now. Yeah, look, exactly right, uh, Nick. The best thing we could do to help our, our country, what we could do to help uh, Vladimir Zelensky, uh, uh, help deter aggression—not just from Russia, but China—that's building in our region—is to flood the world with energy. Uh, and take away uh, the very thing that's financing this war for Putin. Now we still export ninety percent of our coal. We're a big coal exporter. We vie with Indonesia for mm. the top spot. Uh, but the problem for like countries like Europe now, who are reopening their coal-fired power stations, is you can't just come to Australia and say, "Hey, give us coal," because all of that's contracted. We've got existing customers. There's not easy amounts of coal. As I've written in the Courier Mail today, I get calls almost every week. Got someone from China this week calling, saying they want coal. Uh, you know, can I get them some coal? Because I, I don't know for what, whatever reason I'm seen as Mr. Coal apparently, but but there is not there's not just coal lying around because we haven't been investing in coal mines we haven't got a very we haven't got a conducive environment either regulatory or financial to attract investment. Yeah. Look what the Queensland government's just done this week with jacking up coal royalties. People aren't investing. They're not opening up new mines very much except for Adani, and so you know that actually just on Adani. Do you remember? I remember a time. I'm old enough to remember, guys. Uh, remember they said Adani yeah. wouldn't make any money? Do you remember that? They said, ah, oh, it's uneconomic, yes. it's yeah. not going to work. And then now they're trying to tax their profits. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long, oh, did man. it? <laughs> now they're making so much money, they want the Queensland government saying, hey, we need to tax your windfall gains. I thought it was all dead and not going to make any money for people. If we want to fight against uh, the likes of Russia, if we want to defend free and open democracies, we should be yeah. unleashing the energy resources of free and open democracies. And it, sh- yeah. it should be happening in America... Uh, with their oil and gas reserves. We've got a role to play with our, with our coal and gas reserves here, uh, but we don't have governments that are backing that at the moment, and that's just playing into Putin's hands.
0: With the renewables, Matt, there's another thing that uh, just a line I picked up from, I uh, don't know, Twitter or somewhere during the week. There's so much woke capital floating around in the world, including in Australia. Mm. Well, g- given that, this is all woke capital, that sort of should be finding a natural home with our beloved renewables. Considering that... Why the hell do the renewables folk have their hands out for government money all the time? I mean, they've got all these financial institutions, you know, uh, all singing from the same prayer book hymn book, and uh, and they still want government assistance. Well How much does it take? I how much do they want? I
1: the Tim. I mean, I don't think the financial institutions okay. are uh, investing in renewables out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, they're of course doing not, it because it makes money, and it makes money because it's subsidised. So it's yeah, you know, it goes hand in hand here, and that's why the, this this capital has gone that far. I mean. These these these, this, these financial institutions that people are starting to wake up—they're greenwashing. They're not seriously committed to the environment. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are being found out for actually not having consistent policies on this, especially around the world. Keep in mind, BlackRock—one of the worst offenders here. They're a major, major, uh, effectively pension fund uh, in other hmm. countries, um, not so much active here, but uh, at least with our pensions. Um, but uh, BlackRock, uh, when when the, uh, when Putin did invade Ukraine. Became apparent that they actually had 17 billion dollars of investments in Russia, and and they were primarily in oil and gas in Russia. So you had them running around the Western world saying, "Hey, we're not going to invest in coal, we're not going to invest in oil, we're not going to invest in gas because we're green and we want to save the planet." Meanwhile, they were backing is like a like a like a like an arbitrage for them, right? They were shutting down or playing a role in shutting down oil and gas and coal in Western countries and investing in the very hmm. same industries in Russia. And playing that market right because that, that obviously while you shut down the west it makes it much better for uh for investments in russia and that was found out they've lost that 17 billion dollars but uh they don't get this doesn't get reported on much because they're a protected species as a green uh or so-called green investment fund uh and they're doing great damage to to our security and strength
0: it's almost as though matt that the woke are hypocrites no i mean we saw but- uh, with all the pride all the Pride Week <laughs> festivities and various corporations going big on Pride and the Pride things, except they were very quiet about Gay Pride in, say, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I love. They the, weren't making uh, yeah. much noise in Kuwait City. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll see that. There's a FIFA World Cup there. In, there's a FIFA World Cup in Katala this year. I, I wonder how much Pride we'll see uh, filled out by them there. But uh, yeah, look, it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's out of control and. and I mean, you can see what's happening. I think in the US and other places that people aren't buying this. Uh, um, I mean, nothing says oppression like uh, rainbow mm. flags uh, felled out all through a city, is it? I mean, they're, they're, like I, I, I want an, I want a country which accepts their people for who they are, but we've got also can't continue this constant, uh, uh, constant idea that people are oppressed in some of the most free and open countries mm. in the world.
0: I think the next event at the big Qatar Stadium, where the World Cup's being held, is. Um is uh, I think it's a weekend of hand shopping.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll leave that one.
0: You can buy a two-for-one package deal and a little... <laughs> the good news for uh, any Qataris who do have their hands removed for theft is they can still play soccer. <laughs> Not if you're Diego Maradona, though. Not, you know, that's how you score goals. Yeah, the handless of God. <laughs>
2: Here we get the the wood chopping, of course, at the Ecker and at the yeah, South Australian Royal South great. Australian Show. I, I think I think a little bit of hand chopping. Geez, this is this has gone in a direction I
1: didn't think would happen. Uh, <laughs> did I start this? I raised guitar anyway. All right.
2: Uh, talking of energy prices, well, how is uh, the two dollar fifty a litre petrol going down there in uh, in central Queensland, where yeah. people need their cars to get to work? And, and is there a big queue? Is there a big queue outside the Tesla shop there in, uh, in Gladstone?
1: <laughs> I don't think we Tesla's come to Rockhampton yet. But uh, uh, look, uh, yeah, there's, uh, the, I just drove past. I fortunately didn't have to fill up, but I drove past. Uh, Servo just outside Mara uh, today that uh, at $2.51 for diesel. Jesus. Uh, that's of course with the 22 cents a litre excise still off. Um, so you add that back in come September. Uh, it's it's tough times and uh, it's very tough for families. Um, uh, it's it's the biggest issue now in this country, as it was during the election too, is how people are going to survive, how people are going to balance their budgets. And it comes back to the same thing we've got to be talking about. If we want to get prices down, increase supply. That's what we've got to do now we can't in this country turn around and, and turn on an oil tap tomorrow because we haven't been uh focusing enough on our oil security but let's hope over there in the us that they do do that because the shale fields of the us were was actually before biden got in was actually guaranteeing very low oil prices in the western world and across the whole world uh, and that would help everybody if that happened again Uh, We've cut back refining capacity. We've cut back oil production, and uh, you know, surprise, surprise, the law of supply and demand hasn't been suspended in this net zero world. When you cut back supply, you get higher prices.
0: So at two dollars fifty, you're very, very close to ten dollars for a US gallon, Mm. Uh, and this is occurring in a week where Elon Musk is uh, running uh, images on his uh, social media of seven dollar a gallon uh, petrol and uh, seven seven bucks, and uh, they're, uh, they're whinging about that, but uh, really Australia, we've got, um, we've got a worse situation. And if, uh, like, as, as Nick was saying, if you're in a situation where you're covering uh, 80, 90 Ks a day for work, uh, which is probably a short commute in some areas of Queensland, that is gonna make a hell of a dent.
1: Well, keep in mind too, it's not just the, uh, the commuting you've got, it's the trucking as well. Uh, every yes. good bit of produce you get, comes via a truck, uh, we wouldn't be eating without a truck, we wouldn't have our Amazon uh, shopping without a truck, uh, and, and you know, that diesel price is going to flow through to those sort of goods. Uh, it's going to hit everybody, but come back to the point, you know, it, it's the same with inflation as well. There's two ways to get rid of inflation. One is to raise interest rates, cut back government spending, mm-hmm. uh, effectively almost induce the recessions we had to have, as Paul Keating said, that's not, very, that's not a very painless uh, solution. Although that will have to happen to some degree, the other solution is to increase our productivity, increase what we're actually producing, and because it's too much money chasing too few goods, if we produce more goods, if we are more economically productive, that will also help reduce uh, inflationary pressures and not, not and mean interest rates don't have to go as high. But we just we seem to have suspended these mm. basic economic principles in recent years and very few people are talking like this when you go to our energy regulators uh to our major policymakers, all they seem to can Mm. talk about is more taxes net zero saving the planet not the basic hard economic facts that if you want the kind of prosperous lifestyle we enjoy you've got to produce things you've got to focus on productivity uh you you can't just go to sleep every day and think the world will will owes you Mm. some kind of manna from heaven
0: well mate try and try I know that Queensland's probably in front of New South Wales and Victoria in terms of uh, housing construction, just a guess, but it just seems that that will be the case because you've had more people moving there. Try buying building materials. Uh, timber is like 30% more, <coughs> around about across the board, yeah. and that's if you can get Australian uh, timber. Uh, you know, a lot of it's coming in from overseas now because uh, that industry. Well, I'm sure you've all heard of ESG, right? Yes. You've all heard of ESG. Environmentally Explain environmentally for the sustainable listeners, we, yep. we kind of
1: we were touching on it before with the likes of BlackRock. It's this green investment. Uh, it's the term that they all use: ESG, Environmental sustain, sustainable governance principles. Most of it's on the E, not mm. very much on the S or the G. They don't <laughs> really care about governance. Most of them, that's for sure.
0: Can we just tack it onto
1: LGB? Just like a universal thing, <laughs> I think it's a Dave Chappelle uh, skit. Um, but you know, in this car, there's E and there's the S and the G, mm-hmm. and the G gets kicked out all yeah. the time. Yeah. you're left with a, mainly the E and the S is, I think, the backseat driver. But uh, the, the, this what this means is that they are restricting capital, restricting finance to uh, things that are seen as environmental bads, and obviously, that includes coal, it includes oil, it includes gas, it also includes forestry as well uh, it can include farming some certain types of intensive farming at least and that's leading to all these shortages so while ESG for the finance world stands for environmentally environmental social governance principles really it should be renamed guys it should be renamed ESG is extreme shortages guaranteed <laughs> that's what it is right? Yes. right? that's what we're doing we're restricting capital mm. to the things we need to use like timber for building mm. like energy to drive cars or power mm. our homes uh, and uh, and therefore we end up with shortages and when you get a shortage you get higher price inflation man, this is driven oh, inflation of course is
2: always always comes out of Canberra or Washington it doesn't come out of Russia it, it, it's it's too much it's the Reserve Bank printing too much money and too few goods to buy with it so that, that's always the way government shouldn't spend money under those circumstances but wait you've just had a budget up there in Queensland this week a state budget budget, and I note that the public sector yeah. payroll has gone up again. It is now 35% more yeah. in real terms than it was in 2015. When what? when when Palaszczuk came to power, they were spending 35% less on public servants. Now, I includes doctors, nurses in there too, but really, do we have to keep going
1: spending that much on... Of course, um, Nick, if you're up here, you'd realise that we... Uh, our public services, our schools, our hospitals are working at 35% better than they were in 2015. Ah. I'm sure you've read about that down there.
2: You're 35% smarter and 35% more healthy.
1: That's definitely not the case. I mean, we've now we've got ambulance ramping, we've got queues and delays, especially the dentistry and elective surgery. Um, uh, our schools, of course, like the rest of the country, are producing better standards. We continue to seem to slip behind mm-hmm. on international benchmarks. Uh, so you do wonder, you wonder where all this money, extra money goes, and what's it all for? Um, but yes, uh, the budget, the budgets of both Queensland and New South Wales are certainly not ones that are seeking to tackle inflation. And I, I'd say neither was ours earlier this year at the federal government level, and I just do wonder when our government's going to wake up here, uh, because we've got an independent reserve bank who will set interest rates as they do. Uh, they've obviously made a few misjudgments in recent years, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but... Uh, If we get fiscal policy wrong, if we spend too much money, uh, that is going to mean probably higher interest rates. The Reserve Bank will have to act further. Uh, So we can play a role. And there's very little discussion about this, I find, um, which is a little strange. As I say, I think we've forgotten, or we've just forgotten some basic economic principles because things have been going so well. Uh, So it seemed to me when I was growing up as a kid, there were much more in-depth economic discussions because Australia was at the time risking or facing being the poor white trash of Asia. And so people were waking up to it and actually talking about economic reform and uh, fiscal discipline, monetary policy etc. Now there's almost zero intellectual depth about without commentary or discussion about these issues. Um, and, and I think that's much to our, much to our detriment when we've got to the quicker we act on this stuff, the less painful it's going to be.
0: Hear the phrase intellectual depth, I've brought to mind a, none other than Lisa Wilkinson, of course. Now, Lisa's had a great couple of weeks. She was on the top of the world at the Logies and uh, made a speech that attracted attention from what you might call a non-Logies crowd, i.e. the Australian Capital Territory court system. Now, I'm sure everyone's read about this, but just to give a shorthand description of events so far... Brittany Higgins, a former parliamentary staffer, uh, alleged that she'd been um, uh, raped in the Parliament House. A gentleman's been charged. The trial was due to begin this week, or next week. It was due to begin this month. Um, Wilkinson, who was interviewed Higgins on the project, made comments that indicated her belief in the, um, this is according to the magistrate, or according to the judge who who was uh, assigned to the case, made comments that indicated a belief in the guilt of the accused gentleman who has not so far had his chance to have his say in court. He's obviously given police interviews. He's intending to plead not guilty. And Lisa has caused the trial now to be delayed. That seems to be someone playing a bit above their station in life when you're actually causing the court system to adjust because of something you've done. I don't think Lisa Wilkinson's got a firm grasp of the notion of contempt, which, of course, Nick, uh, was one of the first things we were taught as journalists. Um, like, it's it's one of the first things a lot of people understand about the court system in general. It's a really simple and worthwhile law. You don't prejudge a case. So so you'd think
2: Lisa Wilkinson would be mortified by this, uh, apologetic, humble. Is that the case? Yes.
0: No. <laughs> that's what you'd think, yes, but it, is it the case? No. In fact, Channel 10 has come out and said that they're looking very... Well, well except that uh, Channel 10's put out this statement saying they're looking at other media outlets. Yeah, these, yeah, they're they're right, observing closely yeah. because they feel that some of the comments about Lisa have been defamatory. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, w- uh, excuse me? The strongest comments on the, on this case have come from the judge not from any commentators. I mean, you can't get much stronger than a judge saying she's obliterated the line.
2: It's just just emblematic of the whole thing, isn't it? They think they are the story. She thinks she is the story. You know, it's uh, this is so, it seems to be such an indulgent way to treat stories like this. And uh, I'm not sure there's a lot of sympathy for it in the outside world. You don't see a lot of people going out there, you know, bleating on behalf of Lisa Wilkinson's right to make a goose of herself at the Logies, do you? I just don't think they really care too much about
0: it. Well, her husband's standing up
1: for her. Well, although I think that the broader issue here, the broader issue is this uh, increasing use of trial by the media. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's serious allegations being made in this instance. They've got to be tested in court properly. Uh, obviously, the uh, uh, DPP and the ACT have uh, come to the threshold of bringing a charge, and that's now going to go to the court. Um, but you've seen increasingly, I think that with these type of high-profile cases, the media does try and be judge, jury, and executioner all in one go, and it's not helpful to the justice system, in my view. Uh, I think the the other example we've seen internationally is the Kyle Rittenhouse saga. Yes, uh, you know where clearly some of the facts that were often pervaded in the media were totally divorced from the reality of what occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed to be a situation where the courts. One, if you like, and they did go through all those facts and uh, there was a there was a strong jury decision. Uh, but there's going to be cases, I think, if this continues like this, uh, it's not, not commenting on this particular case, but if we keep playing these things through the media, probably you'll get a situation where injustice is served.
0: Well, Wilkinson can't, get e- can't even get her own story straight. Recall her autobiography, her memoir, in which she described in great detail her final day on the Today Show. And... Apparently, Lisa forgot that television stations have recordings, and the recordings were duly dug up and presented an entirely different series of events. Now, if this is a, as a reporter, she doesn't seem to be that crash hot just on even her own behaviour, hmm. let alone commenting on a complex trial outside of her uh, entire awareness. I mean, no one's aware at all of the entire thing because the trial hasn't happened yet and won't happen for some months because of Lisa's stupid Wilkinson.
1: Mm, mm. Well, I don't think I've ever met her. I don't know her from a bar of soap, but she kind of lost me last year when she was uh, uh, basically the uh, queen of lockdowns uh, and, and doing so in a way which seemed to give very little uh, consideration to how lockdowns might just affect a single mother in Western Sydney yes. a little bit different than someone who probably lives in a pretty nice place uh, uh, in the, in the, in the leafier suburbs of Sydney. I mean, I even myself, I have a fairly modest home, you peen. I kind of love lockdowns. We have got to make a block. I could be with my family. Mm. Uh, you know, work from home It was great. But the reason I came out against those Sydney lockdowns last year, I just kept thinking about how would it be with three kids in a two-bedroom apartment or something? No. And Shocking. you don't—you know, might—you know, you might not be getting work. And there just seems to be at some of those media class. There's just a complete—I uh, mis- mean, either lack of understanding or sometimes outright contempt. For people who have a lot less fortunate than they do.
2: I think, in, talking of contemptuous, uh, self-regarding, uh, self, so uh, morally self-righteous uh, figures, Senator Lydia Thorpe claimed this week <laughs> that she's only a member of the Australian Parliament so that she can quote infiltrate the institution. She says that her entry into the quote colonial project was due to her aspirations to renew the nation and be a voice for first nations people she said the australian flag doesn't represent me or my people it represents the colonization of these lands it has no permission to be here there's been no consent there's been no treaty so the flag does not represent me Uh, on and on and on she says. i signed up to become a senator in the colonial project and that wasn't an easy decision for me personally and it wasn't an easy decision for my family either however we need voices like this to question the illegitimate occupation of the colonial system in this country, he, you're, you're part of that uh, colonial system called the Australian Senate, Matt. Well, I
1: guess you see the whole thing a little bit differently. You take your salary for a very different purpose. I well, I, I've but got the, a new nickname for I've got a new nickname for Lydia George Costanza. Do you remember that Seinfeld episode where he was trying to date the communist, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, and yes. when she called him up? He put it, I think he did a personal ad in the Socialist Worker or something, and she called him up and said, isn't this a corporate office? And he said, I'm trying to, I'm taking it down from the inside. <laughs> so, um, good on her, good on her. No, look, uh, I mean, uh, I, look, I kind of, I must, I should confess, I secretly, uh, secretly love Lydia Thorpe. I mean... Um, I just think we need more of her to show the wider public exactly what the Greens are about. Because this is really... She's, she's just opening the curtain there, right, and showing what these guys really believe. If only a bit more of this happened before the election, probably a few more people may have uh, uh, woke up to themselves and not voted for the Greens. But they hide all... They do a good job of hiding all that stuff on the at on election, at the election, mm. when yeah. I was going around. You know, the Greens... The Greens, the Greens volunteers weren't saying down with the colonial system, no. <laughs> or even even net zero by 2050. They were saying they were saying free dental care. That's what they said over and over again: free dental care, um, dent, dental care on Medicare. That's what the Greens were for. So I'm sure a lot of people voted for free Dickey, dental care, yeah, you know, and I save the to, ABC. Uh, I need to pay for dental bills for my kids, and so I'll vote Green. Little did they know they were voting for someone who seemingly thinks that uh, the country, this country, is terrible, evil, and needs to be dismantled.
0: We need uh, subtitles for Greens, maybe. Like, so when they say free dental care, the caption comes <laughs> up on the screen: Dest "Destroy the <laughs> system from within."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take down the monarchy. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: it's like uh, reduce. Uh, power charges for pensioners, and it comes up as "kill Whitey." I don't know. There'd be like heaps <laughs> of different sort of captions that they could run, because like yeah. that, that, that Lydia thought those comments they sounded more like. I mean, I know there were a call to arms and a rallying cry for her her, uh, her people. It sounded more like it should be a resignation speech. Those are the sort of things you say when you're leaving. You know, like you're, you're ashamed, well, nothing represents it is you. Yep, yep. I swore so, uh, allegiance to the Queen, but I look, didn't
1: really I, mean it. I think yeah. the fact the fact that you only see Lydia do this shows that the rest of the Greens aren't really on board. As I say, this is a lot of what they believe. It's a lot of actually what, if you go to Greens conferences or watch them online, yeah, what Lydia's saying is actually in their heart of hearts. But they're very good. If you if you go back to Bob Brown, he was very good at hiding this. Right? He would say relatively radical things, but he'd always wear a suit and a tie. Uh, look respectable and he became quite avuncular people you know seemingly non-threatening it was bob brown until he lost his mind and came up here to central queensland with the with a bunch of hippies and thank god he, he did that he generally got it right yeah whereas whereas lydia lydia is not doing that and he, and i know in the senate when she's up there ranting and raving the greens the other green senators sort of shift in their seats wanting to get out of shot bow mm. their heads you know into their phones um i think they realize this is not great for them but you know, we've got a special weapon now, a secret weapon to come into the Senate uh, in the next few weeks in uh, in Jacinta Price. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think she's going to be a, an absolute beacon uh, of hope for Indigenous people uh, and show a much more positive vision for Indigenous Australia than we're seeing from the likes of Lydia Thorpe, uh, who just wants to maintain a victimology, which is not going to mm. help any Indigenous Australian. Mm-mm.
0: Have you ever known, Matt, any members of the Greens in Parliament has anyone of ever spoken to you or said, oh, God, that was really crazy? Like, what what is crazy to a Green? Like, what do they... Where do they sit on the spectrum? What would you have to do on the left to be considered crazy by the Australian The Queensland
2: Greens? National
0: would be
1: crazy enough for them, wouldn't it? That would be just crazy in itself. No,
0: I'm just thinking from a left-wing perspective. From a left-wing perspective.
1: I'm not, going to, I'm not going to divulge personal conversations or things like that. I don't believe in that, but... i I, I suppose the one one common attribute of most of the greens is they do lack a bit of a sense of humor you know it's hard to (laughs) joke with some of them you know they they, it's i don't know so maybe they're just always in character uh, and maybe they're a little bit wary around me or something but but you know i can have a laugh and i i go on twitter sometimes and you know i get i get you know called out for having coal on my face and all that crap and and and, uh, and people with the what do they do? They put up uh, Ben Stiller from um, yep. uh, Zoolander, yep. you know, walking through the mine. That's, that's you know, <laughs> some of that stuff's a bit funny, and I laugh yep. about myself. You, you just can't seem to do that with the Greens. I will though give one credit without divulging conversations. Actually, Sarah Hanson Young is the exception to the rule. She mm. is quite yeah, personable, and yep. you can have a laugh with her off the off the football paddock. But the others, man, it's, I don't know, they're not. They're not great dinner party guests. There's though.
2: going to be more of them, aren't there, this time back? When you go back, they're going to have even, even more. Yeah,
1: that's true. There's, uh, they're upping. They've effectively got a senator now from every state mm. um, on both cycles. So, with six states on both cycles, that's 12 Green senators. Uh, they've also got David Pocock, who's uh, kind of a teal, I suppose. He was yep. certainly supported by Climate 200. Um, And and it's a really interesting Senate. It's quite a simple Senate. Uh, The Labor Party need either the Greens with their 12 or ourselves with our 32, I think we're up to, um, to to get anything through. And so the Labor Party don't have a mandate here. They'll try and claim a mandate. But they've been elected with the lowest primary vote of any government in history. Their vote is, in fact, the lowest that they've ever got since 1910. That's if you include laying Labor as part of Labor in the 30s. But Mm -hmm. going back to 1910, you have to go before World War I to find a poorer Labor performance. Uh, You know, they don't have a mandate from people. Two-thirds of people did not vote for the Labor Party. Mm. So they're going to have to make a choice. Anthony Albanese will have to choose whether he negotiates with the Greens in the Senate, goes left, or negotiates with us and comes back to the centre in common sense. So you will negotiate on things. You're prepared to... Well, look, I hope we hold firm. I hold, look, I'm sure we'll be constructive and, and uh, you know, there's things that we'll have to do for the interests of the nation. We're in opposition. We're not in government. Uh, but but you know, I'm sure we're not going to block every piece of legislation on day one. But I also think we should hold firm to principles and values that we took to the election, uh, like not, not never supporting radical carbon emission reductions I hope we don't go there anywhere near that they can go to go share with the greens on on the carbon emission stuff. Uh, but uh, but look on other issues of course affect the country our budget our tackling inflation. Uh, I'm sure we'll try and do what we can for the country.
2: And some difficult questions have been have been settled in the in the in the parliament of course recently the question what is a woman it was put to a uh, parliamentary committee by uh, Alex Antic taken on notice by Chief Health Minister, I think, or Deputy Chief Health Minister? Yeah, Chief Health Minister. Yep, right Tim,
0: you've got the answer back. So our Health our health Chief Brenda Murphy was simply asked to define a woman by Alex, as you pointed out. Uh, he was asked that in April. Following several weeks of intense research, <laughs> Dr <laughs> Murphy has returned with his verdict. Now, I, I generally go by a three-word kind of summary myself, of an adult human female. Should be enough, yeah that was unfairly limiting uh, according to Brendan Murphy whose definition ran to a full 78 words i will now i will now explain in the words of dr brendan murphy what a woman is the frameworks adopted to define a person's gender include chromosomal makeup the gender assigned at birth and the gender with which a person identifies the department of health does not adopt a single definition <laughs> Health policies and access to health programs are based on clinical evidence and clinical need for all Australians, regardless of gender identity, biological characteristics or genetic variations. Our programs are designed to be inclusive and to provide better health and well-being for all Australians. Now, somewhere in that is meant to be the definition of a woman. I didn't get it. I can't see it. What's this What's this stuff like? Inclusive. They will define a person's gender, including chromosomes, gender assignation and the gender with which you identify. Now, I know which one trumps all the others. They're just kidding themselves. Why are they even mentioning chromosomes when they've got in there the mm. gender? I think you should put in an FOI request to
1: ask them how many people worked on that definition and what levels of pay. <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> they, uh, they that, that, at, um, that
0: doesn't sound like something that was knocked up on the back of an envelope on a, on a in a taxi ride, does it? No, nah, I'm sure there was quite there's a committee yeah. process. Rejected drafts. With- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, a few a few resignations and firings from the yeah. subcommittee yeah. referring to the main committee.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, uh, this is the, I suppose it's just reflective of where the world's at at the moment. Um, yeah, 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 I do, I do sort of fear for my, my children and and how complicated the world seems to be for them. Uh, it's much simpler in our times. Well,
0: but, the world but, isn't more complicated. Uh, the world's still the same. They're making it more complicated for pointless reasons of idiocy.
1: Well, isn't that that old Shakespeare line that there's right and wrong in the world, but thinking... There's no right or wrong in the world, but thinking makes it so. Yes. You know, we're just overthinking this far too much. Uh, uh, We're best to keep things pretty simple and then then just accept people for who they are. I mean, I don't care if someone wants to be called a different name or what have you. I'm fine with it. I do care about the the attempt to automatically take offence if I get that name wrong Uh, innocently. um, That's where I think we're going wrong, where... People, as I say, everybody wants to be a victim.
0: You mentioned before, Matt, like you think the world's scary enough, but you mentioned before a Greens dinner party. Just imagine that from the <laughs> outset you'd have, imagine that you'd have the dietary requirements. Pronouns, pronouns. Dietary requirements, pronouns. pronouns. You'd have to put it little, not just name tags, but pronoun, ta- pronoun tags on everything. You'd have to be hyper nervous that you've left something yeah, of like, maybe, you might, or you might, you might have something of Russian origin in the fridge. Yes, you that's know, true. You might, no, yeah, vodka. no vodka. No They'd vodka. There'd be like all manner of potential uh, uh, purity faux fo- par. That is that. That's a that's a reality TV show, straight up. Get get all the greens and just have them in the the Big Brother house. You would have to
1: get the diesel generator in some kind of soundproof box. <laughs> so That would be firing up when the lights go out. Yeah, it just plays nothing but spice.
2: <laughs> it plays old Spice School hits. Before you even get to safe <laughs> topics to discuss over over dinner, uh, and that, that list, of course, gets mm. smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, yeah. Tim, Biden. Biden uh, had trouble on a bicycle this week, President Joe Biden. He fell off the bicycle while stationary. Uh, when I heard that, I thought, this is going to be spectacular. It'll be like one of those things in the Tour de France, you know, where they're de- descending a Alpine Pass at about 70k an hour and yes. come off at a hairpin bed. No, he he just stopped on his bicycle and
0: and fell off, unable to maintain his own balance. And then, no, he did the old thing of um, he forgot that he had, he had he forgot he had the foot stirrups. Oh, I which, see. Which um, is not an uncommon error. error. It's a schoolboy error, and uh, and uh, but uh, evidently, it had been several minutes had passed since the beginning of the bike ride, and when he when he forgot that he was actually attached in a in a pedal to foot manner to the bicycle which will always put you on your ass so mm. he's now um, he's turned up at a meeting lately uh, to dis- to discuss I think um, offshore wind uh, something or other mm. and he had a piece of paper in front of him Mr Biden the president on which he'd made some notes clearly but unfortunately he'd written this on the back of the instructions that had been given to him by staffers now Matt when you've been briefed, you've been briefed as a, as a minister. When you were a minister, you would have received uh, substantial briefings prior to public appearances or talking to the press. What, what was the nature of those briefings, just in general terms? What sort, of, what sort of level of detail did they go to?
1: Well, it usually was a tiered uh, level. Good briefings would have mm-hmm. just a few points, a few yep. notes, and then later on they'd have the detail at the back. So, But if you can't do it in half a page, it's not a good briefing.
0: Well, here's the briefing that they gave the President of the United States, the most powerful individual in the free world. You enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants. And by the way, the you you is all caps, so he knows, Joe Biden knows that it refers to him. (laughs) You take your seat. Don't take someone else's seat. You take your seat. You do, because again, all caps for you and your Press enters. You give brief comments. Press departs. You ask Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, a question. Note, Liz is joining virtually, so he won't get confused if Liz isn't in the room. He won't become immediately confounded and maybe walk to someone else's chair. You thank participants. You depart. Now, that seems to be a little more elemental and basic than it should be for a fully functioning adult human being, Matt. Yeah,
1: I haven't seen anything like that before. It reminds me of that, um, I think it's Hot Shots, uh, that scene where <laughs> someone comes up and says, Mr. President, yep. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you know, I wouldn't be calling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't go around calling yourself that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, mate. It's, um, you, you shake your head. I mean, look, there's a lot of fun there with the bike and and I hadn't heard that stuff. But I think the bigger issue this week has been Joe Biden coming out saying that uh, he wants oil refineries to increase production when When he campaigned campaigned, campaigned saying he he was going to end fossil fuels. And, uh, you know, we're not Arthur or Martha at the moment in the Western world. And that's why we're getting taken advantage of by the likes of Russia and China. They're la- they must be laughing at us.
0: What What about his genius move, Matt, uh, for the um what they call a gas holiday, where as Australia did, they've lifted some of the. Well, we've done the same thing exactly, yeah. but yeah.
1: it's it's, it's scheduled... not going to fix things. We need more supply.
0: Well, this is the this other is thing. But going for, before. Uh, we
1: need more supply, but, and more production.
0: But look at it from a purely so, political uh political calculation, Matt. That uh, gas holiday is scheduled in just before the midterm elections. So the thing that yeah, people I are going to be going into, it, yeah. bang. Higher gas prices. Like, is is he trying to, to lose?
1: Can you imagine Josh Frydenberg announcing, announcing, <laughs> "I've got to, i to take the take the fuel excise off. It's going to come off uh, on the on the tenth of May, just yeah, before exactly. the election." So imagine doing that.
0: If, but also imagine what um, what if Joe Biden had been actually attempting to sabotage these elections? What would he have done differently? in all of his time in office, mm-hmm. nothing at all. It's perfect. He's the it's worst. interesting theory. It, it, yes. It's like yes.
2: he thinks he can command the waves and the sea and the stars to move, doesn't it? He was out there this week saying, to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, bring the prices you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product. Yeah, that's not going to work, is
1: it? I mean, an angry old man lecturing you doesn't really change... What well, did you see? Chevron's response—it was pretty uh, in your face for a letter to the president. Yeah. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but they were, said words to the effect that uh, still you, until you stop denigrating our industry, we're not doing anything go jump, Well, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah. Why should why should coal
1: and oil suddenly be friendly? Yeah. Yeah. So, look, it's a big concern for us because obviously we rely heavily on the U.S. It just to me reaffirms the view that we need to become more self-sufficient. We can't just think the US is going to save the day. They're a very divided nation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, I don't understand why they don't seem to have younger leaders that are, that are put up as nominees, but that's the matter Ron of them. We've just got DeSantis. Yeah, well, that's true.
0: He's coming through. But we've, we've just got to make sure we look after ourselves. Yep. That's what we've got to do. Well, that's the other thing. We've also got to be uh, make sure that we know we can look after ourselves because we have it all for us. It is right there. Yep. yep. I mean, you're, you're, you're a... You're no. a famous soccer coach, in, in 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 soccer terms, Australia has the ball right there, in the square, and the keepers open goal. and the keepers fallen off goal, his bike. It's yeah. an open goal. We've got all the yep. energy, we've got all the resources.
1: So yeah, I, I do fear that we are living. We're, we're sort of living a legacy of the tough decisions that were made many decades ago. Hmm. And the old saying is that Australia manages adversity very well, but prosperity very poorly. Yes, good call. Uh, I mean, I hope we don't. I hope we aren't in that latter field at the moment. But I fear that you know we, we were a lucky country that made our own luck, that built things, uh, that focused on developing our nation. And then now we just seem to think everything comes easy and we don't have to make tough choices. But that's a recipe to end up in hard times. So... Hopefully we uh, wake up to ourselves. We've got plenty of examples overseas to see why we should wake up. we spoke mm-hmm. about Germany before. The US is getting down to the same example. Uh, we haven't got a lot of time left. We've got to do it quickly. Great
2: stuff. Tim, anything else before we wrap up? Anything uh, anything more to get out of, Matt, before he goes off and orders another uh, zero-2050? Tw- t- zero
0: well, I'm not sure how the roads up, the country roads are up around your way, Matt, but uh, driving down through country Victoria yesterday... Uh, Coming out of a town called Donald, charming little town. And uh, prior to that, Deniliquin, another lovely place. But the roads, my God, the roads. At one point, I happened upon a sign uh, reducing the speed limit from 100 to 80 because of a road hazard. I was very alert for this road hazard. What might it be? Turns out the hazard was the road itself. It's a, just a, the road's been degraded so much that they've dropped the speed limit by 20 kilometres an hour. Otherwise, you'll bounce off it into the trees or something. But that's just... A, that's, this is daylight, you know? It's not like it's at night time when there are kangaroos bouncing around. But it, it, when the road itself is the impediment... I mean, who's building these roads? Joe Biden? For love of God. Look, it's challenging in the bush, obviously. got some black saws
1: out there, so you know, yeah, that, that's what happens in the bush here. Uh, you can't always keep up the roads, but we do need much more investment. The first job I'll be doing when I want to get back to Canberra is making sure the new government keeps the money for our regional roads program. We've got 100%. roads around here getting Man. sealed for the first time. Should be done ages ago. So so look, hopefully that'll happen. I mean, look at these royalties thing. We spoke about it earlier that the Queensland government has been taking billions and billions of dollars out of the coal mines here around where yep. I am. None of it's coming back to us. None of it. None of that money is coming, being reinvested back to where the wealth is at. And uh, you know that's very frustrating for us. I think there's, uh, going around here, one thing I'll just open up a big topic we can talk about next time. There's a lot of people up here talking about a new state of North Queensland. They've had enough. Long Uh, overdue. Things like coal royalties, uh, you know, the regulation the red tape that's imposed by Canberra and Brisbane. It's about time we take care of ourselves. There's a million people up here in the north to make a lot of money, a lot of wealth. it's, it's it's brought up to me all the time now so, course, so that, see, that, that will be a
0: great uh, subject to explore because uh, as any, everyone who anyone who's traveled to any extent in Queensland knows the character of the state is very different north to south and um, uh, the industries are different the people are different God even the accents are different it is a very different location and uh, it's probably the the best I mean there's, there's great arguments in every state really for uh, uh, for Additional states within those I like, existing borders, but Queensland's yeah. the best argument.
1: I like to call it a safe space for conservatives. Uh, Tim, <laughs> when the revolution yes. comes, you can all come up here. Well, well mate, it's been great having you. <laughs>
2: great having you on the six o'clock wheel again, and uh, thank you for being the voice of common sense. No, good in camera, good on you, mate. And watch those R- Thanks, Watch for those RBTs on the way home. Thanks. BTs, I'll
1: stick to the zeros, mate. Thanks good very much. Catches.
2: Every American and LBJ is with Australia all the way. Australia is the best place in the world to bring up a family. But we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come.
1: Australia.